Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. We are on Hollywood Boulevard. Vroom, vroom. Vroom. Um, and we are talking about Birds of Prey. Yes, so this is a movie I have not seen. It's a sequel to a movie I have not seen. So, Karen, I give you the floor. Wait, you didn't see Suicide Squad? No, I never saw it. Whoa, okay. I did see Suicide Squad. I barely remember it, um, but I do remember loving Margot Robbie, um, who played Harley Quinn. Um, So now, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, gets her own movie with Birds of Prey. Let us start first by saying this is the worst title ever. Well, are we talking about the original title or the one that they changed? Well, both. Okay. So the original Okay, so the original title is of this movie is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Okay. Which is the worst title ever. Which is kind of the worst title ever. What makes it particularly galling is that it's a long one, so the only thing that sort of you know it by because everybody shortens the title, is Birds of Prey. You guys, it sounds like something that should be on the Nature Channel. You know, I used to go with my kid every year to Ren Fair up in Sterling Forest in New York, New York State Ren Fair, and they actually had a program called Birds of Prey, and it was this Mm. dude who had, like, trained vultures Mm. and trained, like, birds of prey that he would do a show with, and they were, like, actually birds of, like, the actual birds, and it was called Birds of Prey. So when people were talking about Birds of Prey, the mo- like, I'm over here thinking, like, Ren Fair, like, this guy finally got a movie, like, that's kind of cool, it was kind of cool, but that's going to be a weird movie. And then all of a sudden, I'm, like, starting to hear about how Birds of Prey did god-awful over, like, didn't do a big opening weekend like they thought it would, and I was like, why would the Ren Fair dude be, have a big opening weekend on his movie. This is like, you know, this is like an independent film, right? This is like a documentary. No, it turned out this was like a big blockbuster movie um, that had absolutely no marketing muscle behind it and had a really bad title. Really bad. So bad that they changed it. So bad that after a week in release, when it did piss poorly at the box office, or so they, you know, what Hollywood relatively, standards, yeah. relatively speaking, didn't hit their expectations, they changed it to Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Pride. So that now it's signaling that this is the DC Universe story, right. the follow-up to um, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. So it didn't seem to help over the weekend. Um, I will say, like, when I looked up the movie times, it still was called Birds of Prey on my IMDb app. It wasn't called Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. So, I mean, I I don't think that the title changed. Like, it was, like, too little too late, you know. That was the real problem here. But it seems as though I... Okay. (laughs) Marketing aside, we will dig into that after. I didn't really like the movie, and I every time I say that, I cringe because I feel like it's it's one of those movies I should have loved, and it just didn't do it for me. Uh, so, talk a bit more about the plot and and the cast also, and sort of how it's separate or picks up from wherever Suicide Squad well, left off or Harley Quinn. It sort of has like nothing to almost nothing to do with Suicide Squad in a way, like. Like, there's no Joker. There's, I don't think, any characters that were in Suicide Squad. Like I said, I barely remember seeing that movie, even though I know I saw that movie. Um, 
But you don't have, okay, let me go, let me go to IMDb and see. Like, there was no Joker in this. In fact, the conceit, right. there was no dead shot. There was no Viola Davis, whoever she was playing. Like, like none of the people that were in Suicide Squad were there in this one, right? Like, it just was the only, the only, the only character was Harley. So, the conceit of Birds of Prey is that, um, the Joker and Harley have broken up. And so now Harley is like her own woman. Look, I love Margot Robbie and I thought she did a tremendous job in this role in Suicide Squad. And that is the only reason why I went to see Birds of Prey because I thought she rocks it in this role. That said, I've got some real issues with um, the character herself, um, her agency, it is so clear with this character that, like, okay, we know the comics world, particularly, like, the older sort of comics that have been around a while. Like, we know all of this is rooted in um, a really gross misogyny. Um, sure. And, yes. like, you know, honestly, like, everyone's always like, oh, the jock boys, like, when you're in high school are so bad. But it's like, no, now we're sort of dealing with incels and in certain ways they're worse, yeah. you know, and that's like the comic book dudes. And I'm broad strokes here, guys. I'm, I realize that I'm stereotyping and all of that. But <laughs> when you when you start to like really dig into these older comics and these older storylines and sort of like the roots of where they came from, you know, Harley was like supposedly a psychiatrist, supposedly super smart. Um, and she falls in love with the Joker and basically he's an abusive asshole and she just will follow him to the ends of the earth to the point where she herself is insane and goes insane. I mean, and and he like and he just treats her terribly, you know. I mean, it's not like, oh, what was that movie um, with Brad Pitt and um, Juliette Lewis? Where, California, California, where they went across the country. Yeah, where they like went across the country on the killing spree. Yeah, that was that. That was that, right? And it wasn't like that movie where like. It's sort of like this Bonnie and Clyde, like, she's not being abused by him. They're just in love, and they're just crazy, and they're just killing people. Um, that's not what the Joker and Harley's relationship is. He is a sadistic, abusive asshole. And He's he abusing, like shit, yeah. You know, and, and so, anyway. So, so that's already a storyline that I am not thrilled about. But, okay, we're just going to forget it, and we're just going to keep going. But now they have her as sort of, like, the woman's scorned in this movie and uh, she's kind of like you know and this is sort of going through like the first like 30 minutes or so where she's kind of like you know heartbroken and she's a mess and she's like you know and, and a Harley mess is of course like you know she's drunk and loopy and being all sorts of weird but then it also becomes like Joker was her protector and so now that they've split up it's open season on Harley so all of these people that she's done terrible things to um, because she is not a very nice person um, you know now they're coming back to exact their revenge right so so this is something that she's dodging that she needs to dodge is like all of the people that sort of like want to kill her uh, you know, 
And then there was like they had to keep going into the backstories about why this person wants to kill her and why that person wants to kill her. Oh. You know, and so it just got like really kind of confusing and not very interesting. And the whole point of like Birds of Prey was supposed to be about all of these like female kind of female figures, right? Female figures, kind of not really superheroes, but you know, I guess some of them were right. Um, like like the role of the Huntress and um, Black Canary, and you know, like all of these women, they were supposed to like sort of come together and do battle. But that wasn't until, like, the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, oh, wow. So, like, Rosie Perez? That... Well, she plays a cop. And, it, by the uh, way, it was really great to see Rosie in this. So she plays this cop that's been sort of, you know, sort of passed over by, like, you know, the 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 cabal of mediocre men. Um, you know, she never gets the... the uh, she, she, you know, she's never, she's always going to be detective. She's never going to be sergeant. She's never going to move up because it's always like the men that get to move up. And, you know, so she's great. And she ends up sort of joining forces at the end with the birds of prey, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, term for them with these women. Um, but I get, but you know, the story is supposed to be Harley's. Um, and I guess they, you could set Harley up as an anti-hero, right? Um, as somebody that you love to hate or that, you know, you're sort of ambivalent about siding with, but like you just find her ultimately so likable that you do side with. I found it really, really hard to like her until the last 10 minutes. So like, I felt like, as, as far as, like, the likability factor went for the character where you want to be on her side and you're rooting for her, I wasn't really doing that. Um, and I don't know if that was a problem with the script. I don't know if it was... And I don't think it was. I think that the script... In, in that, I think that the script was trying to do too much. Um, and yeah. I and And I think that it was sort of, like rushed into okay here are all these reasons why harley like everybody's after harley and so it would sort of like you know they would kind of do this conceit where they would you know harley would find herself in one mess and get out of that only to kind of accidentally fall into another and that would like bring the storyline to a halt and they would sort of say oh wait a minute and back this is oh this is this person and then they'd back up and show you why that character had it in for her, whatever it was that she did. So we're constantly having these flashbacks that were like, you know, they're amusing and kind of fun to watch, but ultimately they did nothing to propel the story that we had forward. So the actual storyline, the actual story of what was going on in the movie was possibly only 45 minutes long. Yeah. You know, to sort of come up with that. that seems to be a thing that I see more and more. So, yeah, but, um, come up with that conflict like resolution. The, the plotting is part of the problem there. Yeah, so the plotting is definitely, I think, part of the problem. And then it was sort of like, well, you know, what... Okay, so the fault is maybe in the script, but then is the is the fault also in the backgrounds of the characters, right? Like, as oh, yeah. the characters were written, or at least as Harley was written... Um, you know, can she, can, can we overcome, you know, what is sort of like who she is just, just by nature of her own background of the way she was written in the comics. Um, I thought the cast of women were wonderful. It was so great to see. Who this. else is in it? Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. 
Oh, yes. Um, these are like people that I don't really know. Um, Journey Smollett Bell. Oh, yeah. She's great. Played Dinah Lance. She was phenomenal, the Black Canary. She was absolutely phenomenal. I really, really liked her. I don't think I've seen her in anything. I, I don't think I've seen her anywhere. Oh, she was um, in True Blood. She, I don't remember her in True Blood. Um, I don't either. I think maybe she was in a later season, but I had stopped watching. She's in the Death Proof movie that, um, what's his name, Quentin Tarantino did, um, and one of the more recent seasons of Fargo, and like a lot of things that I'm forgetting. She was in that Scott Pilgrim movie. She's actually done a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean it's stuff you've seen. Oh, she was in Eve's Bayou, but I guess when she was a kid. Oh, shit. It looks like oh, she was, was a child actor. I'm so sorry. I was stuck on Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You're talking about Journey Smollett Bell as... Yes. Uh, as oh, she, yes. Yeah, so Eve's Bayou, yeah. She started out... She's from a whole family of, of actors, and they all started out as child performers. Um, she also did The Great Debaters. Yes, that's right. She was on True Blood um, and a bunch of stuff. She's excellent. She was wonderful. And, you know, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was great. Now, Ewan McGregor played Roman Sionis, who was uh, the big bad in this, um, which was kind of interesting. Again, like, misogynistic prick. Ick. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and then Ella J. Basco played Cassandra Kane. Um, a, a little kid who was basically, she's the reason, you know, she, she was the plot point, you know, um, the MacGuffin, there was a, there was a diamond that she pickpocketed from, uh, from, uh, Ewan McGregor's henchman, Victor Zaz. And, um, and, and so they were chasing her to try and get this diamond. Um, and Harley said, told Roman, well, I'll go get her. I know who, I know who has it. I will go get her. Um, and just don't kill me because Roman's another one. He was going to kill her. Um, you know, let me live if I get you this, this diamond. And he says, okay. And so then she like goes off to find the kid. They become friends or, or she, she starts to sort of feel for the kid. And then, um, and then, but the, the, the other women are also after the kid. Um, obviously Rosie Perez's character is the cop. She's trying to save the kid. Um, Black Canary wants to save the kid because she, the kids are next door neighbor and she's kind of looking out for her. And then the Huntress, which is Mary Elizabeth Winstead, is not there for the kid, doesn't know about the kid. She just wants to kill Roman because he's the one that killed her entire family. So she is uh. after him. And so they all kind of converge in this like abandoned, um, this abandoned carnival um, in the fa- in the fun house, I guess, where where Joker and Harley had like some weapons stashed or something like that. You know, I mean, there were great fight scenes, there were great chase scenes. There was this extraordinarily fun and high energy chase scene of like Harley on roller skates chasing after a car, where where you know the bad guys got the little girl and she's like you know sort of like like surf like water skiing but on roller she's like on on her roller skates behind a black uh, not black canary behind the huntress's motorcycle and like there were just like it was very like the fight scenes were awesome um the chase scenes were awesome that part of it was really really good oh, cool. um, the director was extraordinary female director by the way um, who is it uh, it is uh kathy yan okay i don't know if i'm familiar with her work do not know what she's done 
Um, do you know, no, my, I had not heard of her either. Um, but like I said, she was really great, um, with the, with those moments. And I thought, you know, the look and, uh, uh, the, the movie looked great. Um, the performances were fantastic. Um, I wasn't in love with Ewan McGregor and I did not like the guy that played, Vic, uh, played Victor Zaz. And that's partly because, um, in the TV series Gotham, which is, you know, DC, there was a Victor Zaz in that. And the actor that played Victor Zaz in Gotham was just perfect. He was absolutely perfect. And, um, and I kept like going, that's not Victor Zaz. Like he's not mm. as good as the guy that played this in Gotham. Um, so I feel, I feel bad. Like I, I just feel terrible like dissing it. Cause it's one of those movies that like, it was a female, it was all female lead, female writer, female director. You know, the failure of the movie is going to be, it's going, is like, there's a lot of pressure for this movie to do well because Hollywood historically does not finance movies made by women for women starring women. And so if this movie does not do well, then, you know, it's going to just be another mountain to climb to get another movie made again. Yeah. You know, which, which is why like I'm rooting for the movie. I really wanted to like it better. But when I walked out of there, I was kind of like, well, shit, I should have went to fantasy Island, which we need to talk about. Um, because you have watched it. No, because do you, you do know that there's the horror film Fantasy Island that came the out. New, the new one, the Blumhouse one. The Blumhouse one, yeah, yeah. The Blumhouse Fantasy Island that is actually based or inspired by the old TV series. But, like, very, very, very loosely yeah. taken off from that, right? But you guys all know my love for Fantasy Island. Um, no, I mean, I, yes, I remember. I just thought. Oh, I lost talk. I lost Doug. Doug, come back. I was like, busy weekend for you if you had seen both. No, I didn't see both. I wish I did. But I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should have seen that. Um, because I was, I was kind of like really disappointed. <clears throat> I was, you know, it was one of those movies where you just kept looking at your watch. And you're like... Mm, that sucks. Yeah. Is it done? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? And I, again, like I said, I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be like that because be like that. Yeah. you know I just wanted it I, I really wanted to absolutely love it but you know what I didn't love Suicide Squad I barely remember it I feel like the general consensus was it wasn't warmly received yeah and it, made, it made money but it wasn't warmly received quality wise yeah and I think a lot of that like they blamed that on Jared Leto didn't they <laughs> uh, well Will Smith was in it too right yeah he was wasn't he shouldering some of the blame? I feel like Jared Leto just got. I mean, I think I think it. Jared Leto's Joker. Everyone was not on the side of. But right, yeah. right. So anyway, that was my experience with Birds of Play, Birds of Prey, and um, but I also don't think that they put much marketing behind it either. Which I think I don't think it's the fault of the um, movie, but I just had no idea that it was coming out. I mean, you know, not like I pay much attention to things, especially lately. I've kind of had my head to, you know, my nose to the grindstone um, with work stuff. 
but I, I like I was just I was like for like I had no idea I didn't know the title obviously the title is god awful we've talked about that but like I, I like legit didn't know this movie was coming out hmm well I guess I only have one question left okay how how early did you get there Okay, so we went to the 6.30 showing on Sunday. Um, I was a little uncomfortable with how close we caught it. I only had 15 minutes before it started, but it turned out there were, like, five people in the whole theater, and it was a good-sized theater, so, Mm. like, I ended up being fine. Um, So it wasn't like I didn't get there the hour before. Um, So this was okay. But, um, but yeah, there really were not a lot of people in the theater and, and clearly, I mean, it's like, I think it pulled in what, 22 million over the weekend. Like it was a, it oh, was like that a, little, yeah, it was Ooh. like a 50% drop from, from last weekend, which is not unusual actually. No, it's especially like, not in this day and age. Yeah. I mean, usually it's the opening weekend and very rarely yeah. do, um, you know, it's, it's the rare film that sort of like doesn't drop like that for the second weekend. And, and so I feel like that it only dropped 50% is almost kind of respectable, um, a respectable showing. And I think it's already with, um, you know, international box office, it's definitely made back its cost. You know, and this is also at a time where China is basically shut down. Although, I don't know, does China see our movies? <laughs> I don't remember. If I'm pretty sure to. they do. I, right. I, I think they do. And that's where a lot of our money is made. Yeah. Like, in I don't. Film. I don't remember if they're allowed to or not, but they, they, they might not be going as much in the last few weeks, but yes, I think, they but do. right now, yeah, you, that's got to factor into that. And I, and so far I have not seen anybody mention that, like that's got to factor into things as well, that there's, you know, a, a health crisis, um, you know, in another part of the world that is, you know, a lot of people quarantined, people aren't leaving their homes, you know, there, there could be other factors for yeah uh, the sluggish box office, um, yeah. or at least international box office for this movie. Um, but I think ultimately, I think we can blame the marketing, um, you know, and my husband said, you know, he walked out of the theater and he's like, I don't know why DC can't get their shit together like Marvel. Well, it's true. I mean, it's apples and pears yeah. and I don't know why. Yeah. He just doesn't think that DC has a handle on their properties. Um, and again, I don't know the comics world all as well as he does, you know, so if he's going to say that, then I'm going to, I'm going to take that at face value because he knows what he's talking about more than me, um, in that regard. And he is just like, DC has never had a handle on their properties, not the way Marvel's had. And they just keep shitting out the, the crap, you know? And I think I really, and I think that he's right. You know, the Batman has always been a misstep, um, but I, I definitely feel like the one place where DC did the right thing was with the TV series Gotham. I thought that that was amazing, and I thought yeah, that it was clever, and yeah. I thought that it was really wonderfully done. Um, and then that just kind of, like, went away after a couple of seasons, you know? And I feel like it just ended last year. I think it had a healthy five-season run. Yeah, it was five-season. I could have gone a little bit longer. I was sad to see it go. I wanted to, I wanted it to keep going. You know, and this is after, like, I stopped watching The Arrow. I got bored with it. I stopped watching um, The, the Flash. Flash. I got bored with it. I stopped, you know, like, I stopped watching these other series. But Gotham did not get sick of it. I was right there until the very end, like, really enjoying it. Well, yeah, the DC uh, question, I think, looms large over Hollywood. Are you going to see the Wonder Woman sequel in a few months? I 
think so. I have to say, I did. There were a number of films coming up that I thought looked really great. Um, that I, I that I wanted to see in particular. There was one. Um, Christ, let me see if I can find it. Um, do do do. I can't remember what it's called offhand. Um, so let me just blah blah as I try and see it. Um, but there were, there were a lot of movies that looked like they would be pretty good, uh, coming out that I'm kind of like excited about. Um, wait, why am I all the way in October? That's not right. Cause I was looking at it earlier. I was like, oh, I've got to remember this is happening. Um, duh. oh, like F9, Fast and Furious 9 is coming out. I know. I was shocked that we're only up to nine. Yeah, I know. Well, Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, here we go. Promising Young Woman. That looked really interesting. What is that? Uh, Carrie Mulligan is in it, and it's like... Oh, yeah. I read about that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. It's like she had some sort of trauma or tragic event, um, and she's seeking out vengeance. She's like in school. It's, it looked like she was attacked when she was in college, and she was never able to... Um, like overcome what happened and so she goes out and she seeks vengeance um on behalf of of women like her and that looked really good and really fabulously creepy and i was like yeah i want to see that and then there was um oh there were there were a number of other things out there oh you know what i should also mention about just to jump back with birds of prey again um the other point that I had been, I, I didn't realize when I went in to watch the movie, but I, I, when I was like reading some articles about it afterwards, I, I realized it's rated R and uh, that R rating always digs into the co- to the box office. To the, to, yeah. To the audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea why it was rated R to be perfectly is honest it, with Is it. it a language thing? It sounds like the violence is not super graphic. I didn't think the violence was very graphic. There, I don't think there was any like gratuit, like there wasn't like any sex that I can remember, that I can remember in the movie actually. Um, it was just violent and I mean language. So they were throwing out some F-bombs. Like would that really lead to an R rating? I don't think so anymore. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised that it didn't have the PG-13 rating. It had the R rating. And that's the other thing that's going to kill these movies is because they don't, you know, they can't get like the 16-year-old audience. And and they're cracking down. I mean, my daughter and her friends tried to go see, um, (laughs) oh, the J-Lo's movie about the stripper. What the hell was that called? Hustlers. 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 Without the parents. And they bought the tickets, got into the movie theater, and then... The movie theater staff came into the theater and kicked them out. No. Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Wow. They actually came into the theater and they found the kids and they kicked them out and they, they gave them their money back. Thank God. Cause I would have been pissed, but because they were there, it was an R rated movie. They were all under 18 That's and none of the parents were there and they booted them out. And I was like, wow. seriously? I'm because, very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to also point out that that could have also negatively impacted the box office for that movie. Yeah, um, that's a big uh, thing. 
the woman in the window, which I kind of want to oh, see yeah. out of curiosity because it was that AJ that was based on the AJ Finn novel, the very the controversial book, and yeah. it ended up having all of this controversy. AJ Finn, uh, Finn ended up having all this controversy. Yeah, um, the, the the plagiarism book. controversy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so I guess a- that's excellent. Not it's an excellent movie. cast. Yeah, yeah, and that's not going to stop the movie. That's going to keep going. Um, but yeah, there was there were a few other. Um, Things in the credits that I that uh, a few other movies and you know in the trail trailers before the movie that I was like, oh well, I might actually just have to pay attention and go to the movies more. <laughs> um, this over the next couple months because there looked like stuff that I would really enjoy. Um, yeah, I I think we sort of pick and choose now how often we go see it because it's like a fifty dollar event, but um. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of things that I'm anticipating. Nothing comes to mind. I'm sure that will change once we're done recording, and I'll bring it up as they come along. Well, you remember how much I loved Atomic Blonde? Yeah, I did too. Are they making another one? Like, that, like, you know, that was such a well-done movie, and, but I, I don't remember how it did. We lost Doug again. I'm back. My answer is no, I've heard nothing. Okay, um, because I know that there was a question I don't, about I, whether... I, I, my, I mean, my instinct tells me, no, if there are plans, I haven't heard anything about it. They haven't made any motion. They aren't filming anything. Oh, but no, I'm there is going to be an Atomic Blonde too. There's a part unknown. Has um, it been filmed? No, it's just been announced. Okay. So okay, I'm, that's okay. So I'm happy to see that that's moving forward. Yay. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, the only movie recently that I think I've not spoken about uh, is a 2020 movie. So I was talking about the Oscar movies. The Gentleman, the uh, Guy Ritchie movie with Matthew McConaughey and um, uh, uh, Hugh Grant and and sort of an ensemble thing, Michelle Dockery. Um, I actually really liked it. And I never liked Guy Ritchie movies. <laughs> really? Yeah. No, it was easy to follow. There weren't crazy accents. The action wasn't too chaotic um and i thought it was really kind of well structured um how did charlie hunnam do uh, i think he's my favorite part of the whole movie really yeah and he kind of i mean he's kind of the central focus because he's like the right hand man to matthew mcconaughey who is uh you know obviously mcconaughey so he's an american but living in in london he runs this like marijuana syndicate um he's a Rhodes Scholar who essentially is, like, shoving it to, like, the rich people by, like, getting their derelict children hooked on his marijuana. Um, and and then a few enemies cross his path, and uh, Hugh Grant is kind of playing all sides, and he's the one who's sort of telling Charlie Hunnam all the blackmail that he has. And in telling Charlie Hunnam that, that's how the audience learns all of the backstory and, and sees how everything gets propelled forward. And I actually really enjoyed it the way it was set up. Um, and all of the, the tongue in cheek performances. Oh, sorry. I don't know how much you, I don't know how much you missed. Um, no, you, uh, uh, nothing. Keep going. Oh, good. Uh, but all the performances I thought were, were really great, particularly Charlie Hunnam, um, and, and Hugh Grant. And, um, you know, going back to succession, Jeremy Strong has an important role, um, and he's funny. So I would say, yes, see it. I recommend it with one reservation, which is there is a lot of casual racism all over the place. Really? 
Yes. I mean, if about uh, Asian stereotypes, gay stereotyping, Jewish stereotyping, um, blatantly, and, like, not even... Like, it's just sort of there in the background and not in the foreground, so it's, like, it's not pronounced enough to be dominant. You just sort of get used to it being there, and then afterward, I was like, wait, that was pretty racist. Wait, that also, that was a pretty racist thing. So, um... Yeah, now we lost Doug. Now we've lost him. Oh, I think he's coming back now. I'm here. I'm here. I'm saying so that's an important thing to keep in mind. But, um, but you know, as like sort of modern crime capers go, uh, I thought it was pretty great. Okay, cool. I think I don't think that's in theaters anymore. No, nah, probably not. It seems to have dropped out of theaters. I guess it's been open for almost it a was, month. It was so. a- it's about a month. It was a late January release, so probably not. Yeah. I'll just have to find a new movie. <laughs> I can. I can. Uh, so I would say, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that you need to see Suicide Squad to go see Birds of Prey, Doug, if you do want to see it. And they do think it's worth it for the performances um, and also for the action sequences. Um, but maybe try and go like before 11 a.m. when it's half price. Oh, yeah. That's always been my time of choice. 10, 10, 30, 11. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If anything, uh, that that might be what we try and do. I also know there's that animated movie Onward coming out in a few weeks um, that my fiance really wants to see. Onward. Um, so I don't know a ton about it, what it is about. Um, but that's probably going to be something I end up seeing. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah, well, I'm still hoping to get to Fantasy Island maybe um, maybe next week. Do let me know what um, you think of it. Oh, I'm going to love obviously, it. Obviously, you let all of us know. Obviously, but, I will. Um, and obviously, I'm going to love it. I run hot and cold on the Blumhouse movies, but they are kind of very much up my alley. So uh, I'm always intrigued. Cool. Well, and there we go. I think we've hit the end of the boulevard. I think we have. We've we've run out of we've run a we've run our course. We've run out of road. Um, um, go ahead. Thanks for listening, guys. If you've seen Birds of Prey, um, holla, let us know at uh, on Facebook. Uh, what what are we? Uh, the ba- uh, back on the block pod. Block pod. Um, feel free to give us a glowing iTunes review. We love those. And I think that's all we ask of you. Yeah, I think that's it. So until next time. We'll see you back on the boulevard. Bye. Have a great week. You too. Bye. Bye.